Hey, fellow hoteliers, and welcome to episode 218 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Pete DeMayo, and joining me today in the studio, as usual, is Leanne DeMelli. Hey, yeah. how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. So uh, you're our new business director extraordinary, but I also understand you're a pretty good golfer. And uh, Who told you that? That's, that's what the word is around the street, that you've been, <laughs> been practicing a lot, and it's, uh, it's so important to you that you ended up marrying a golf instructor. Um, I did beat him through a golf lesson. That's true. But golf is his life, not mine. I just have to, you know, you know how you care about what your spouse is into? Because yep. that's what, what you signed up for. That's me. So I'm trying my best. <laughs> okay. Well, with golf, <laughs> all you can do is try your best. I don't know exactly. No one's a good golfer from what I can tell. Yeah. Pretty much Especially everyone the- who is a golfer. A good golfer, they're the ones who are going to say that they're the worst. They're, they're exactly. The worst. It's the ones who think they're great golfers. They're really bad. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, hey, we also have a special guest returning to the show today. It's Mr. Jeremy Razook. Hey. Hey, everybody. So Jeremy is the guru of all things search marketing, and he wrote a pretty awesome article that we're going to talk about today. But uh, his article was about the 12 things every hotelier needs to do to optimize their local listing. And 12 things is just a little bit too much to tackle. So we narrowed it down to five items and five items only. If you want to hear the or read the rest of them, you're going to have to go to the show notes at travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. And you'll see a link there to his full local SEO for hotels article. I would put that on the list of, of things to read when you got some downtime because it really is a good action packed uh, or action item packed article that tells you exactly what you need to be doing to kind of get your local local listings wrangled in action item packed not action packed i love that well, is it, is it, is it action, an action packed action itemed he's just creating new words and phrases every podcast i am yeah well i'm, I'm, in, I'm in a good mood you know why why because we're having an office party in a couple hours and I have a keg of Bell's Two-Hearted on ice right now, ready to go. Nice. So we just got to get through this podcast and then we can start the fun. Let's hurry. <laughs> yeah. Let's get started already. That's why, that's oh. actually why we turned it down from oh, 12 to 5. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody, verify your hotel business listings and check out Jeremy's article. We are done. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Now, looking forward to it. It's going to be a good episode, so hopefully you guys enjoy it as much as I'm sure Jeremy enjoyed writing it and sharing it with everybody. But before we get into the meat of the topic, we have a couple housekeeping things. We have a newsaroo, and then we have a 60 seconds to success. So to kick off with the news items, I'm going to sing that stupid song. With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for newsaroos. It gets better every time. <laughs> I think so. I, Stuart had me start doing that years ago, and it's it's stuck. He tried to make you sing it to the whole class like last week. I know, I know. We luckily I missed out on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Leanne, what is the news item for today? Well, this is shocking. Facebook is removing support for podcasts. And how long ago was that? Just ten months ago that they launched the podcast feature. What's up with this? Yeah, it's super weird. They didn't really give it much of a chance to take off, did they? I think they barely gave it enough time to make money. Yeah, it didn't. It, so, I mean, it's, it's a good article. So it's on social media today. And when I listen to podcasts, I honestly, maybe it's a marketing thing that they never did, but 
I never would think of going to Facebook to consume a podcast. No, not unless it was on Facebook Live and I missed it and it just happened to be archived as a podcast. Right. And then even then, it's not really even a podcast. It's so much more of like a video. Mm -hmm. Like I'd expect to watch it more of like a you know Instagram video type type thing than mm-hmm. necessarily just sit there and have Facebook open for an hour or while I listen to a podcast. It definitely but felt I, like they were trying to ride the coattails of what Clubhouse was doing, trying to get into the audio space or something like that. Yeah, it's a good point, good point. Uh, yeah, I, I just wonder if it's, it's such a short life cycle that it went through from launching it to killing it. You know, I, I always feel bad for the people who, you know, decide to go all in and say, hey, Facebook knows what they're doing. You know, put all the effort into it, and all of a sudden, not only not be promoted anymore, but they actually just shut it down. Yeah, I think Facebook believes they can monetize anything, but the the world of podcasting in general is having a hard time with that. If you're not actually looking at Facebook, how can you spend money on Facebook? Exactly, that's a good point. So, well, good. That's a it's a good article. Check it out. Socialmediatoday.com. And it's a news item that was posted on May 2nd, so it's a pretty new one still. What's going to happen to the people who were starting their podcast there? I mean, like with, like with hotel guests, if you don't own your media and you don't own your assets, it's owned by somebody else. And I think probably a lot of people are learning about that with Facebook right now, that you know, if, if they put their, their whole livelihood on Facebook, then they might be in a little bit of trouble. Is that content going to just disappear? You know, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, the article really doesn't say what's going to happen to it as far as I know, but it, it might still float out there. But e- either way, you would hope. Yeah, I believe, I think I read somewhere that they, if you had podcasts already published, that they were just going to remain on Facebook. You just couldn't publish any new ones. Okay, that's good. So, yeah, hopefully they've, I would think anybody would want to have those on iTunes and Google and everything else mm-hmm. as well. Well, cool. Good article. So we're going to jump over to the next item on the list, and that is 60 Seconds to Success. So give you a quick idea of what 60 Seconds to Success is. That is when we have just one minute to share a tip or trick that's going to make your hotel marketing much more effective. Today, I got the short end of the stick, and I have to share my 60 Seconds to Success. So before we get anywhere else, if you're just tuning in on LinkedIn, you can listen to the full episode at travelboommarketing.com slash podcast, and this is episode 218. But with that being said, we're going to start a timer, and we're going to see if I can make my way through 60 seconds to success. And here we go. You ready? All right, here it is. Take a few minutes to thank your team. So we're constantly talking to hoteliers who have staffing issues, whether it be housekeeping, maintenance, front desk staff. Finding good team members is just incredibly, incredibly difficult. And on top of that, your all-stars are probably being hunted by your competitors as well. So it's very important that you say thank you and you make it make it a good place for them to work. The easiest way to retain and attract new staff is just to show that gratitude. Now, first and foremost, I think you do need to make sure you're paying a fair wage in today's economy. It's getting more competitive than ever. But once you have that done, a simple thank you for exceptional service, occasional donuts in the morning, working to accommodate time off and all those little personal touches that connect one human to another is so important for staff development. So I'd say think about the concept of surprise and delight as we apply it to our guests and do the same thing for your staff. 
They're the ones that deliver that experience to visitors and you should be thinking about how you can deliver that same experience to them. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it was like 61 seconds, but I don't know. I knew, I knew what the last word was gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's excellent. That was Hilton that started the whole surprise and delight thing for guests, but that's really how management should take on their employees. In, in today's world where people are getting poached left and right, and we can only go up so high on salaries and uh, compensation, you have to do something to make your your brand and your company have that culture that makes people want to stick around. Because if not, if it's just a job, then you know, those jobs can be found anywhere right now. Yeah, it's definitely for hotels because we always talk about how we sh hoteliers should be valuing the customer. You should also be valuing your staff and employees as well. And you know, mm -hmm. it's, it, it, it I would think would make a big difference. I mean, you, you got to show that value. Well, I remember at the beginning of COVID, hotels would always talk about how they're a family and everybody is in this together. But then the moment COVID hit, it was just a culling. You know, everyone was you know getting laid off, getting furloughed, and the hotels didn't step up and say, these are the people who interact with the guests. These are the people who make my hotel what it is. And they broke that trust. I think it's gonna take a lot of work to bring it back, but a simple thank you, uh, gestures, caring, I think that's gonna go a long way to just making you a, a, a better team overall, I'd say. And I think that the properties that actually cared about the employees that they had to let go, I mean, the COVID thing was outside of everyone's control. The ones that continue to you know, care about them, touch base with them, let them know how things could be progressing, probably got them to return. <laughs> and they were the smart ones. Yep. Good point. So, all right. Well, hey, that is the 60 seconds for to success for this week. But we're going to move on to the main topic of today's show, which is five ways that hotels can boost their local rankings. You can listen to the full episode on travelboommarketing.com slash podcast, episode 218, or check us out on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, any place that you get your your podcast. And with that being said, we're going to jump over to the show and say goodbye to our LinkedIn audience. See you next time. All right. So Jeremy, this is a big episode for you. Uh, you wrote this awesome article at travelboommarketing.com. It's called Local SEO for Hotels. Kind of give us an idea of, of what we see hotels missing and what we need to do to, to fix that for them. Yeah. So, I mean... <clears throat> think overall, you know, your local profile and rankings or local rankings are a critical step to ensuring uh, your hotel is maximizing your potential impression share to guests um, organically. Uh, and so essentially what this article is, it's 12 steps or 12 things that you can do, actionable items that you can do. Um, and today, you know, we're just going to go over those five items. But if you want the whole 12, you know, we'd obviously suggest going over to that article that's on uh, the Travel Boom website. Um, but there's certainly some things that you can do to improve your organic uh, presence, uh, organic local presence. Um, and so hopefully some of these items here, if you haven't done them already, you know, I'll give you some ideas. Um, and like Pete has mentioned before, they're action items. They're things that you can do pretty much right now, or at least strategizing right now uh, once we start reading them off. So, so walk us through why, why is this important? If, I, if I've got a good SEO strategy, I should be ranking high at the top of the search results anyway. Is this kind of like do it when I have free time or is this something that's critical? 
this is critical for hotels. I mean, <clears throat> ranking uh, for local search terms. Uh, so think about like uh, you know, Charlotte hotels. If you're a hotel in Charlotte and you need to be, and you're just not being seen, I mean, this is one of the this is one of the uh, main items that you need to be looking at is you know, how are you doing from a local search presence? Um, mm -hmm. Are you taking advantage of content on your website, uh, your Google listing? So, you know, I'm, I mean, it's it's a big deal. You know, if someone's going to be searching for Charlotte hotels or or a longer tail search, you know, off of Charlotte hotels, and you're not showing up, you know, you could be missing out on uh, those organic impressions. Um, and those are organic impressions that your competitors could be stealing or could be getting yeah. that you were not getting. Yeah, true. And if you look at the search results page, more and more is taken up by zero click type display. You know, it's going to be local listings. It's going to could be GHA. It could be maps, pay-per-click obviously is at the top. So that organic listing gets pushed down further and further. So being at every place is, is important, right? Yeah. You know, we have a local resort that called me up and said, why am I not appearing on page one of the Google search? I sent them your article, Jeremy, but it was the very first question that I asked them is the very first point in your article and they couldn't say yes to it. <laughs> that's where their problem started. Well, I think that's a good segue. Let's jump in with number <laughs> one, 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 one. So number one is undoubtedly the first thing that you need to make sure that you have done is verifying your hotel's Google business profile listing. Uh, what was once Google My Business, Google has changed the name to Google Business Profiles. Um, but this is the starting point for local search optimization um, as verified businesses are typically more likely to appear in local searches than unverified businesses. Yeah, it, it's I think one of the reasons a lot of people don't claim it is, is one, it's not claimed for you by default. So mm -hmm. it's just floating out there. And then two, when it is time to actually claim your listing, sometimes you got to jump through a couple hoops because, and, and this is a, you know, good job, Google, but they, they do require that you verify it's your business because in the past people would obviously claim businesses that weren't theirs and try to you know, suck that search value out of a, out of an otherwise good upstanding business. So how would you tell a new director of sales coming into a property where they're trying to get a, a lay of the land? How would you explain to them how to find out if they've already have their Google business profile set properly? Well, one thing that you could do is, you know, just search your name in the hotel or search your hotel's name in the Google search bar. Um, typically, most hotels already, typically Google does a good job of already creating a profile, like a knowledge graph uh, for hotels or for any business that exists. Um, so if your business is showing up, then there's an option that you can select to add this business or own this business. And then you go through those steps uh, to claim it and then verify. Um, you know, if you're a new hotel, a very new hotel, and you don't have a listing, if you search your name in Google or in Google Maps, you can also add your business directly to Google through Google Maps. Um, if you go to Google Maps, uh, you can literally just, I believe you just right click on the map and you can add your business that way. You get you have an option, just add your business and then you can go through those pretty much similar steps. Yep. And, and I think the nice thing is, is Google does walk you through it. Yeah. You may have to wait a couple of days for something to come in. If, do they even still do postcard verification if, if required? They do. Um, yeah. That's, I think that's one of the biggest headaches is the verification method because sometimes Google 
they have various methods of verifying a business and you don't always get to choose from every verification method. Um, so it, it can be difficult. Um, I know a lot of times hotels, <clears throat> if one of the verification methods is through a telephone call, well, your business is typically your, your hotel's phone number. So it's tough to get a phone call from Google and then get a verification code that way. Um, and, but like you said, Pete, postcard is, it's still one of the methods. Um, but there's, there's several other new methods that, um, that Google has started to roll out. They're very rare, but they may, it, some, it'll make it a little bit easier. Hopefully if, you know, if you're ever needing to verify your business and you receive one of those ver- verification methods. Yeah, I, I tell you what, the, the worst thing that we've done and, and, and this was because we have, with, if you have a new hotel, it's very, very, very difficult. If the hotel's coming out of the ground and you're trying to get your search position established before the doors open, this is hard to do. In, in our case, what we did is we had a, a hotel opening up brand new, did not have a mailbox yet. So there was no way they could send a postcard. Phones weren't all hooked up yet, so they couldn't do the phone verification, which made it darn near impossible to claim the listing. So what we did is we used a cell phone that was associated with the property, and that was the the business number while we were claiming the listing, and then we went ahead and updated that. The problem was is for some reason Google kept reverting the phone number from our updated proper hotel phone number when the property was able to open back to that cell phone. And you had the uh, this one hotel owner who was like, I keep getting phone calls for people wanting to check in or cancel reservations. <laughs> I'd like to make a reservation. Yeah, at all hours of the night on his, cell, on his personal cell phone. So <laughs> I, I don't know that there's a great way of doing that, but I would practically say, you know what, go ahead and pick up a burner phone <laughs> for your verification because he was not a very happy camper. Uh, and it, it still happens every once in a while, like, somebody will call this number, his phone number, and say, hey, I'm trying to make a reservation. He's like, where are you seeing this number? And then every once in a while, we got to go through and, and re-update that phone number. So, so I got a number. For doing that, Google. I got a cell phone number years ago that turned out, I found out, was the Holiday Inn Express of Bessemer, Alabama's old phone number. So I, for about a year, I got calls for reservations. Wow. I could have had so many credit card numbers. Yeah, I was going to say, how, how much money, I could never do that. <laughs> But it took that hotel that long to get my cell phone number off of their account. Yeah, I'm telling you, you should have just built a really quick, simple site and uh, I know, right? Raked it in. We wouldn't be talking right now. Well, maybe from the penitentiary. (laughs) So definitely, number one is definitely claim your listing because until you do that, nothing on this list matters. All right, you guys want to jump into the next one? All right, number. So number two, once you've claimed and verified your Google business profile listing, number two would be to complete your listings attributes. Um, Attributes on your listing tell customers more about your hotel um, and can be a differentiating factor uh, from the competition. Um, So attributes, think of attributes as amenities and services that your hotel offers. and Google has quite a few. There's a few categories uh, that you can select from uh, to make sure that you know you have the correct information showing on your listing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, there, and there's a lot. And here's the thing too: is that these Google's adding to these constantly. I think when we really started focusing on this years ago, 
you'd have things like pool, valet service, various activities, uh, on-site food and beverage. Pets, obviously, was one. But then over time, you started seeing more, like they were putting a little eco flag if you had certain things that you did to make sure that you are a earth-friendly property. When COVID rolled around, there was a lot of options for cleanliness, sanitary, mask requirements, things like that. So just because you do this one time, you claim your listing, that's great. You started adding your attributes, which is great. You do have to go back in and make sure that you're not missing a great opportunity that Google may have added that you don't know about. Yeah, and adding on to that too, um, making sure that you're making sure those attributes are updated. Customers and searchers can influence uh, the attributes that appear on your listing as well. They can propose edits on your listing um, and can they can promote they can propose any amenity that they think that your listing should have, um, whether it's correct or incorrect. So it's a good idea to always audit your listing to make sure that there's nothing there that shouldn't be there. That's a really good point because after a while, if a couple people give a give an attribute to you, that's going to show up in search, and you may not have on-site dining. But if a couple people said you did, you're going to start setting yourself up to where you're disappointing a guest for something that you have no control over. Well, I take that back. You have control over it if you listen to Jeremy's advice. All right. Anything else we should do in, in, in terms of making sure we have our attributes locked down? Um, I mean, like you said, you know, there's always new features being added and it's definitely not a set it and forget it approach. You know, whether when if your hotel loses or removes an amenity or, or service, if your hotel gains an amenity or service, you always need to make sure to go back to your listings and make sure that you're updating that information correctly. Um, but yeah, and I think like you spoke to health and safety has become an option after COVID, which is still important. I think that's still important information they need to provide to guests. Um, eco-friendliness, um, the eco-friendly badge. Um, I, you do have to go through a certification process. I think there's a, a list of cert certificates that Google uh, will recognize. Um, so that's really the only way to add that eco-friendly badge, but it's still look into it if you do have eco-friendly practices. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's also a sustainability um, amenities or attributes that you can add as well. Um, you know, because obviously people and they may be looking to stay at a hotel that practices sustainability. Uh, so that's something to look into. Most definitely. Good one. Yeah, so we got that's two knocked out. Let's jump into number three, 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 three. Number three is very important. And I know Leanne was very excited about this one before we started today. Uh, <laughs> was to manage and respond to reviews on your listing. Um, Google knows that people like to read reviews uh, before making a decision for any or any particular product. And Hotels, no, hotels are no different, especially, I mean, it's a big purchase. It's a big commitment. People are going to be reading reviews about your hotel before they make a, a booking. Um, so reviews and managing them and responding to them, it's not a surprise that reviews are a factor into Google's uh, local ranking algorithm. I have a question for you. Jeremy, most hotels tend to focus on their reviews in TripAdvisor, or if they're a branded hotel on the brand.com, are we talking about responding to the actual Google reviews? Responding to Google, actual Google reviews, but it's also a good idea to respond to any reviews that you're receiving on any, any, any platform, platform. Any platform. Okay. Um, you know, it's, well, and keep in mind too that, so 
everyone assumes that reviews are mainly curated on TripAdvisor. If you look at the velocity that reviews are created in general, in many cases, Google is driving more reviews, more review engagement than TripAdvisor is at all. Because every time you do a, a search for a property, you're starting to see those reviews. And as GHA and other platforms get more and more widespread, people are going to be pushed to leave those reviews on Google. And TripAdvisor could almost become a secondary review platform compared to what Google is actually able to deliver to customers. Right. And mm-hmm. Google also, they, uh, they use reviews from other sites as well. Um, there are some OTA sites that they will pull in review ratings from. Um, so, I mean, that's just another reason that you should always be checking any site where you're any listing site, any OTA site where your hotel is listed and making sure that those reviews are being uh, managed and responded to. So, Jeremy, you mentioned that there are a lot of reviews that can come in from lots of different sources that we need to respond to. How do you help a hotel keep up with that? Is there a particular software system or platform that would help them know where these reviews are coming from and respond? In terms of, you know, receiving alerts, you know, I think you can probably have the ability to do that in most uh, listing sites like a TripAdvisor, at least get the alert that, you know, so, hey, somebody left a review on your listing. Um, Now, one way that you could, or a, a piece of software that you could use to reply to reviews straight through Google that people are leaving directly on your Google My Business listing is using a product called Moz Local. Um, it essentially pulls in whenever you get a new review. Uh, Moz Local will pull that review in from Google. You can look at pretty much every single review that's being posted onto your listing and reply to it directly through Moz Local, which will then feed back onto your Google My Business listing. Um, now, this like I mentioned, this is mainly for just reviews that are through directly through Google. Um, so if you have reviews coming through other sites like a TripAdvisor or a Hotel.com, you know, I think that's something where you at least want to have an alert uh, set so that if, somebody, if people are leaving your, if someone leaves a review, you receive that alert, and so you have time to create a response. Very cool. Hey, so I got another question for you then. And this came up just recently with one of our clients. We have it happen a lot. Someone, in, in this case, somebody stayed at a property. They stayed at the property through a VRBO booking. Did not book at the property specifically. This is like a condo hotel type situation. They, the place had bed bugs. It had not been cleaned by the housekeeper. The review was left on the hotel's business listing. What should a hotelier do? I know you can try to dispute charge uh, a review with Google, which typically goes nowhere, but what's, what's the best strategy for a hotel to take? Well, in terms of negative reviews, I wouldn't say that you should remove the review or delete the review. Now, I know your this, this instance is a little different, um, but I know that in terms of just actually receiving any negative reviews, you wouldn't want to delete them. Um, you know, a listing that has both positive and negative views, it's a good indicator of authenticity. Uh, okay. You can't, you know, if you're a listing and you're just, your rating is complete five stars, all five-star reviews, all your reviews say great hotel, great hotel, great hotel. No one's going to take that seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, that makes sense. So, you know, having that mix between positive and negative is typically a good thing. Um, 
And then of course, whenever you do receive a negative review, that's your chance to improve. It's your chance to respond to that review. Um, and people who are searching for your hotel see that. They see that you're responding to negative reviews and you, they see that you're taking a proactive approach to improve upon you know, what that guest pointed out. Good point. Yeah, I think we actually did a, a podcast years ago on what not to do and how not to respond to some of those reviews. Because mm -hmm. the reality is, is if it is a real comment, not like the one that I just gave an example of that the hotel couldn't control, but if, if you have an issue with cleanliness or check-in process, I mean, thank them for sharing their ne negative experience. At least you can correct it. Yeah, I think this is in a lot of training, you'll find that a bad review could be a blessing in disguise because it gives you the perfect opportunity for service recovery. I don't know about you guys, but when I go on TripAdvisor or any kind of review site to learn about a property I might stay at, I look for the negative reviews, but I look for how they're responded to. Mm -hmm. Because if there's an empathetic general manager, someone, not just the front desk person, but somebody that is in control of what, of making things right, that does something proactive and says so in that review, that goes a long way with me. Yeah. The other issue that sometimes you'll find is someone will obviously review a site that was not your property and somehow it's attached to your property. Like you said, Pete, it's almost impossible to get rid of it. But if somebody says the pool is dirty and you didn't have a pool, that's your opportunity to say, you know, I'm so sorry. I, I think you may have inadvertently uh, put your review on our hotel. We don't have a pool or we have an indoor pool. So you don't ever have to worry about leaves and hours, but yes. flip the script and turn it into an invitation to stay with us next time. I love it. <laughs> Perfect. So, okay, well, cool. Hey, that was, that's a really important tip. And I think that's one thing everybody needs to really focus on and, make it a priority. You guys ready to jump into number four? All right. Number four, 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 four. So I think, you know, the travel business and hotels are very image, image based, uh, industry. You know, we like to see what the rooms look like, what the location looks like, what the exterior of the hotel looks like. You know, what are the what are the amenities? Like, we want to see it. We want to act like we're there. We want to think that we're there. Be able to place ourselves at your hotel, or guests want to be able to place themselves at your hotel. So that's why number four is you should be uploading high quality images and videos to your Google Business profile. Um, so, I mean, those assets are a huge determining factor um, in a traveler's purchasing decision. Uh, and like I mentioned, you know, those assets, they should be a mix of things, uh, exterior shots of your hotel, um, rooms. Uh, if you have dining amenities, you could um, include pictures of your staff. It humanizes your business. Um, and all of those images and those assets and those videos, they should be of high quality. You don't want to upload something that's blurry um, where it just, I mean, that's where no one, where it's just not yeah. going to provide any value to your listing. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly, incredibly important, particularly when you consider, you know, we've talked a lot about meta, people booking on Google hotel ads and other platforms. The entire shopping process for hotels can happen without them ever visiting your site and you still get that direct booking. But that can only happen if you've got the great photography and videos on Google so that they, the customer can see exactly what they're getting. Hopefully to bring them to your site to book, but even if they don't do that, getting them to book directly through like a GHA type platform. So Jeremy, just to qualify for hotel people like me, 
we're talking about the same images that I have on my hotel website. I need to separately upload to my Google business profile. Yes. And do they have to be a certain size? Uh, I mean, there are certain dimensions that you can upload. I'm um, there, you know, you have a, you have a featured image. Um, you also have sort of like your, uh, like a, uh, or a landscape image. Uh, some of those do have certain dimensions that you should follow. Um, mm -hmm. And those images as well, you can tell Google, this is my featured image. This is my logo. Um, mm -hmm. Google won't always follow that because Google is Google. They won't. So if you select, <laughs> you want this to be your featured image, your really beautiful shot of your pool um, and your, your hotel exterior. Google isn't always going to show that image. Just... I don't know why, but you yeah. but you can select those just to tell Google this is what we prefer to be the image that we would like to present first to uh, people searching for us. And Google usually does a really good job of saying this image is too small. If you drag an image over, you know, it, it can kick it back if it's too small. But typically, the bigger the better, because as monitors get better resolution, as they get larger, it, it just makes sense to go ahead and put your best foot forward. Google can always scale it down. Google is pretty good at image optimization. So you know, don't worry about that aspect of it. Get, get the best image you can, upload it, and you'll let Google do the rest. It's I got another bandwidth. question. What about the hotels that I see where I'm flipping through their Google images and it's one beautiful image of the hotel after another and then a photo from what had to have been like a baby shower in their meeting room? That, how did that wind up there and how do you get that off there? Yeah, so... Guests, searchers, they can add images to your listing. Um, and it is a very good idea to always audit your listing. So it's similar to what we talked about, about attributes. Um, it's not a set it and forget it approach. Um, <clears throat> you should always be looking at, you know, are people uploading new images to my profile and do these images, are they misrepresenting my property? or do they add any value to my property? Sometimes it might add value to the property. Sometimes someone puts a really nice image up and uh, someone who searches for hotels in your area, they find your listing and they see guests have posted photos, their own photos, and they're like, oh, this is beautiful. And, or they like what they see. And I mean, straight from guests. I mean, it's almost like mm -hmm. a, a guest uh, reassurance that, hey, mm -hmm. this is, you know, um, so. Sometimes it's good to keep them, but you know, like you mentioned, if there's some really odd images and we've definitely run across some very odd images and videos, um, on some of our listings, um, or some of our client listings, yeah. uh, you can, you can flag those, uh, and <clears throat> Google will typically do a pretty good job of removing them from your listing if they don't represent your property. I'm seeing it, Google's always worked with us pretty well. And not say work with us. They just work very well at getting those images removed. Jeremy, I know when one of the clients that we work with on a daily basis managing their, their local listings is if anybody takes a shot, a photo that gets uploaded and the it's geotagged to that same location, oftentimes that will appear on that Google, the business listing as well. And we had issues where it was drug use. It was, you know, might have been crime scenes. It could be all kinds of random stuff. You're like, oh my gosh, delete, 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 or you know, flag, flag, flag. And what we would also do is make sure, like, if there was a particularly egregious shot. What we would do is actually have a lot of people flag it to go ahead and get it removed because Google doesn't want that up there either. 
And a lot of times the customer, barely even a customer, the person posting the image may not even know that that image was getting used as a hotel shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, sort of like a uh, <clears throat> getting a group of people to flag something. It's similar to attributes. If there's something that you need changed on your listing that you know somebody else may have suggested an edit and Google verified that edit, it's, it's a good idea to not just if you're the only one in your marketing or if there's, if you have others in your, on your marketing team um, or just on your team in general, it's good to get everybody to go and to flag or to suggest to Google, this is incorrect or something Uh, that pretty much sends a signal to Google that, okay, yeah, this, this shouldn't be there. Yep. All right. All right. We're down to the last one. Big number five, 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 five. This is one of my favorites. Uh, once you've pretty much got your listing set up, um, you, you're starting to respond to reviews, you've gotten your attributes together, uh, now you can move on to your website. Uh, so number five would be optimize your website for long tail local keywords. Um, like I mentioned, most of what we've discussed previously is off-page SEO. Um, so working mostly with your Google listing. Um, now comes the on-page SEO um, and strategizing for local content that travelers might be searching for. Um, Google even says that a website's organic or a website's position in the organic search results is in fact a local ranking factor. Um, so it's obviously very important. Uh, it's obviously very important that you are optimizing your website's content to match local searches and especially mm-hmm. long tail local searches. Okay. Well, can you explain long tail for people who aren't familiar with that differentiation in keywords? We know that for independent hotels, it's really difficult to rank for broader search terms like hotel in a destination. So like my example earlier, like Charlotte hotel, Charlotte, North Carolina hotels, I don't know why I think Charlotte, but Charlotte was the first city that came to mind. They got a lot of hotels. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Charlotte hotels, something like that is going to be incredibly difficult for an independent hotel website to rank for. Um, so, and that wouldn't be considered a long tail um, or, you know, something like New York hotels or Las Vegas hotels, you know, those are shorter, short term, short, shorter keywords that are going to be a lot more difficult to rank for. That's typically the type of keywords that an OTA might rank for or maybe a CVB or something, or just a travel website for your location. Um, so moving on to long tail searches, a long tail search term could be something like hotels for families, or ho- Charlotte hotels for families, uh, New York hotels for couples, uh, hotels with an amenity, so a Myrtle Beach hotel with water slide, uh, so things like that, something where the, the search is a little bit longer uh, than your typical just uh, Myrtle Beach Hotel, something that's just the destination and then with hotel next to it. Uh, these have these are a little more variations. Um, they typically provide better opportunity for independent hotel websites to rank for in the search results. Um, and then the other positive thing for going after long tail searches is that typically people that are searching for these longer tail keywords are probably further down the funnel. They know mm-hmm. they want to stay in <clears throat> your destination. 
They've already searched for Charlotte hotels. Now they know that they want a hotel for families. They want a hotel with this amenity. They're, they're probably further down the purchasing funnel at that point. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's probably just a better strategy overall anyway, just to go after some of these longer tail search terms. And, you know, these search terms typically don't have as much search volume as something like Las Vegas Hotel, New York Hotel. Um, mm. But, you know, like I said, there's probably going to be less competition. Uh, so it's going to be easier to rank for. And it's, like I said, you might be catching people who are further down their purchasing funnel anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's just a good strategy and a good opportunity to help educate guests who are planning on visiting your area. You know, so if, if someone's looking for, you know, fun things to do, here's a perfect example. We have one, a client in Myrtle Beach where they wrote, you know, things to do for New Year's in Myrtle Beach. You know, not necessarily specifically related to the hotel. However, that article was written a couple of years ago, and the hotel is now ranked number one for things to do on New Year's Eve in Myrtle Beach. And that's the kind of thing where you're able to offer a great service to your guest, you're able to drive traffic to your website, and you're able to collect that those bookings of people who, in that case, you know they're looking for a place to stay at night as well. So you kind of find that synergy of building great content and you know building the targeting the right keyword to to drive them there. So and Jeremy, you actually, I think that you had put this together, but there's a, we have a really good. Uh, keyword research tool that you did uh, about a year or so ago that helps hotels really find what those keywords that they should be focusing on. And it's chock full of links to, to Moz, Keywords Explorer, SCM Rush's, Rush's keyword tool, Google's keyword planner, all these tools that you can use to help kind of narrow down what those, those terms actually would be to kind of get you started with producing that great content. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That, that was um, our keyword research for hotels simple uh, guide um, and that's on the travel boom blog as travel boom blog as well um, and you know and I I like how you mentioned uh, New Year's Eve like things to do in Myrtle Beach for New Year's Eve uh, you know that's something that it's not just getting traffic to your website in terms of organic search but that's something that you can use in marketing materials in the future um, it's something mm-hmm. that you can send to guests through email you know if you have if you're launching some late winter or early winter special or something, you know, you send that article their way and it entices them that, Oh, these events are happening. It's, this might be a good time of year to go visit Myrtle beach. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's just another incentive and another way that you can use, uh, you know, local long tail, local keywords and content throughout all of your marketing efforts. I like that. So could you maybe think about it as uh, the answers to your frequently asked questions could influence your long tail keywords? If there are people asking certain questions about a time of year in your destination, like if, you know, when's the best time to visit Myrtle Beach or when's the best time to visit whatever location, you know, that's an FAQ that you could answer. And that's that's actually a pretty popular one that we typically see with a lot of our clients as well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and there's tons of FAQs and you can find those with, uh, our search tools, it's going to be, it's a very valuable way of gaining new traffic as well as just using um, within all funnels of your marketing. What if you search for something that you think you should be appear in for a result in a long tail keyword and you don't show up, but your comp set does that would tell you, I need to do something about this and add it right away. Yeah, definitely. No, it could be, no, if you don't have that piece of content already, then you need to create it. 
Oh no, so I, I think that's also where you want to make sure you're, look, you're doing the keyword research because everybody's going to rank for various terms. If you're doing a search for, you know, example is escape rooms in Charlotte, and you see a competitor ranking for that term, that that might be great for that hotel, or it might be something that's a complete waste of time that people aren't necessarily looking for. So don't necessarily always chase your competition in terms of rankings. But if you see your hotel is should be driving traffic from a term, you see that that term does have a lot of applicability for your property and a competitor's ranking there, that's when, and we can talk about other podcast episodes that we've done in the past about creating that 10x content to form around there and try to take that top listing away from the competitor. That kind of gets beyond like the local listing side of it and more into your broad SEO strategies. But you know, producing that great content Going after the terms that are not at the very top is clearly going to help from a from a local listings perspective. Yeah, it's a good point, Pete. Yeah, it's all going to be it's all going to be dependent on you know is this keyword actually driving search um, mm-hmm. or any and traffic. So that's what you want to make sure first. Um, but yeah, I mean it's always good to do a competitor analysis and to just see, you know what are who am I what are my competitors ranking for. And then that way you can start making a strategy. All right, this is the local content I need to create. Yep. Very nice. This is a, I think this was a action list, action packed episode <laughs> of, of things that everybody needs to be doing. And, and these are just top of the, the top five things that we had from Jeremy's 12 point article. So definitely check us out at travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. Click on episode 218 and you'll see the five items that we talked about today but you also get links to his full blog on local SEO for hotels, as well as the links for those keyword research tools and whatnot that we created. Definitely very important to put this on your list of things that you want to get knocked out sooner rather than later, particularly because until you get your local listing claimed, you can't do anything else. And typically that's when you find out that you want to respond to a review that your hotels never claimed your, your local listing. So so get that done first and foremost and and kind of go from there. So, well, good. Any, any parting words, Jeremy or Leanne? I just thank Jeremy for an incredible article. I can't tell you how many people I've forwarded it to. It was a, a, a shining star. So <laughs> I, I think I even have, I, wait, hang on a second. I got this. Yay. <laughs> thank you, good thank job. You. <laughs> well, perfect. Well, hey, uh, Jeremy, if they want to learn more about local SEO or they want to connect with you, where can they do so? Uh, you can do so at LinkedIn, um, at Jeremy Razook. Perfect. How about you, Leanne? How can they find you? Well, you can find me two ways. If you go to travelboom.com and hit contact, uh, we're both getting those, but I respond. So <laughs> I'll see those very quickly. Or you can go to LinkedIn and just search for contact Leanne, L-E-A-N-N-E. Awesome. And then you can find me on LinkedIn at Pete DeMaio, P-E-T-E dot D-I-M-A-I-O. You can find us collectively at travelboommarketing.com as well as on LinkedIn, Facebook, and anywhere else that you might get your news. If you're not listening to the podcast on iTunes or somewhere along those lines, definitely find us and subscribe. But there is one more thing that you have to do before you can subscribe, and you got to leave us a review. It could be a one-star review if you want us to work on something. No, it can't. Well, we just, said it, we just said that it's okay. It's it's an opportunity in work clothes. But yeah, so, so you can find us in all those places and that's where we are. So 
I definitely appreciate everyone tuning in today. We're going to be back next week for another good episode with some of our friends in the hotel industry, and we'll keep talking about how we can all become better hoteliers. With that being said, thanks for listening, and Travel Boom is out. All right, all right, all right. All right, now let's go to that kegger I heard about.